Can you imagine sitting in the pub chatting with your mates only to be interrupted by ads? Well, unfortunately, that does happen here at the Homebrew Pub because we're just trying to keep the lights on. However, if you would like to support us directly and get access to ad-free episodes of the Homebrew Pub, please head on over to our Patreon. You can find a link to that on our website, thehomebrewpub.com, and join our mug club. Again, our website, thehomebrewpub.com. I'll see you in the pub after the next couple of ads. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Homebrew Pub, the only pub in existence where every beer on tap is made by a homebrewer. And on this ethereal plane, the Homebrew Pub will turn into the guest brewer's perfect brew pub. So please come in, grab a stool, and grab a pint. This week, we welcome to the Homebrew Pub someone I'm really excited for you all to meet. It is Nikita Vorontsov of the YouTube channel, aptly named Nikita Vorontsov. Hi, Nikita. <laughs> hi, hi. How are you doing? I'm Very good. glad to be here. No, th- thank you for coming on. Um, your videos are awesome. Thank you. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. When I started, I didn't expect to sort of gain as much momentum as I have done. So it's really exciting to have people watching and commenting. Um, so for people who haven't discovered your channel, because um, currently you're brewing like D&D-inspired beers, um, I was hoping you talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I started originally with just thinking... Oh, you know, um, I'll, I'll start up a YouTube channel. That's great. I'll brew some beers. And I started brewing some beers. And I was kind of thinking, this is fine and all. But I like experimenting. and I like brewing weird and random stuff. The problem is I'm also very risk averse in the sense of, <laughs> oh, look, it's uh, this kind of style with a stout and stuff. Or do you know what? Maybe I'll give that a miss. And another Kolsch? Yeah, another Kolsch. And so I kind of thought, what's going to be a way to really kick my ass into getting into gear and brewing something that's weird and wacky and maybe actually I'll enjoy it and so I kind of had a look and I thought well I, I like D&D, I like Dungeons and Dragons, so I thought well, go on then, they've got ales and I looked through their list and I thought these would challenge me because they're not something I'm, I'll brew and well mainly I'm not massively into stouts and they had something like four stouts in their selection, <laughs> so that was already a sort of oh great, okay, but at least it'll make me do it yeah, and you know I'm I'm really happy that I did. Um, Dark Miles that I buried recently that you can check a video out was um, firstly apparently they're coming back, which is cool. Yes, they are. But, but two, I never thought. Oh, do you know what? I really fancy a Dark Mild, a toasty and nutty beer. Didn't really seem to me as something that you know your great grandparents may have drunk uh, in high quantities of. It didn't sound great to me, and so I thought, oh no. But then being made to drink it and actually having 
I was I was pleasantly surprised. It's something that <laughs> I, I really want a mild now, and I've looked all around the pubs near me, and there are none. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I um. So as everyone knows, I live in Colorado, but fellow countryman of, of Nikita here. Um, I love milds, and I just cannot get a good mild or ESB to save my life here, except for one pub, which is owned and operated by another expat. Um, so I've had to start brewing my own, and they've just become my house beers. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really not surprised. I'm, I'm really excited to actually see Mars coming back in. Yeah. Um, I mean, I say that as if I'm, uh, I've, I've been, you know, waiting for this for years. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I got so many messages from people saying, oh, well, come up to the Midlands. They're, we've still got loads of miles there. And I was mm -hmm. thinking, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that where our mutual friend, the Mad Brewer, is? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. No, it's just a, a road trip for a mild. Yeah. To me, sounds a little bit too far. <laughs> but no, but uh, other than just miles, I'm I'm excited because there's been so many different styles and so many styles I've got on the list as well uh, yeah. to brew that I just never would have gotten around to, and it's really opened my eyes into different styles and even stouts. Actually, I started off, and I think I said in the first um, American Stout video I did, I said, you know, not not for my taste, not a big fan, take it or leave it kind of thing, and then brewed another one that was the dry Irish stout that came out last week and I was kind of thinking actually okay do you know what I'll, I'll take that back and I've now got an oatmeal stout that's going to be coming out nice. probably in a month or so yeah I'm very actually excited I went from anticipation to <laughs> oh wow I am really excited for this um how big are stouts in the UK generally because over here they do tend to be very seasonal but the there there seems to be I think uh, a split in American drinkers. Well, there's three. You get the uh, well, really there's four. You get the never a New England IPA, and you get the yay a New England IPA. But the big split I think is people who prefer like the pale ales and the IPAs. Like I when I go into a brew pub, first one I've ever first time I ever go, I order their pale or their IPA, and that's the beer that I'm judging them off of. Like that's sure. um, to me that that's kind of like your level set, um, but then over here you get people who be like, I only drink dark beer. I just want dark beer, and I don't really mm -hmm. remember that being a thing when I lived in England fifteen years ago. But I mean, obviously the beer scene has changed quite a bit. So I'd say it's not as big of a thing as that. Like, you you're gonna get people that say I only drink dark beer. However, saying that. If you go to a pub, there will always be a stout on selection. Mm -hmm. Usually a Guinness, and you'll be very hard-pressed to find a, a sort of a dark beer or stout that's not a Guinness. Yeah. However, you will almost always have at least one stout available on tap. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's almost weird when you enter a pub <laughs> and they don't have one. Not because I'm going to order one. I'm never going to order one. But it's just weird not seeing it there because you kind of think, oh, something's wrong here. Something's dreadfully wrong. Yeah. Well, and in 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 when i was recording with paul crowther the the mad brewer stouts came up and guinness came up and we came to this conclusion like is guinness really a stout because it doesn't taste like any other stout on the market interestingly about that uh, i i'm plugging my video here go go However, for it please 
so I went into the history of stouts, and effectively stouts are just porters. Yes. And that's all that they are. Um, and there was a big divide between Irish stouts and all other stouts. So Irish stouts retained their dry qualities with their sort of black patent malt and all of that. They, they, they stayed there. They remained traditional. With the introduction of the Free Mash Tun Act, British brewers could put whatever the hell that they wanted into their drinks. And, you know, we're talking oatmeal, we're talking lactose, milk, sugars, we're talking oysters even. And that's just, I mean, it just... It, it takes it in a whole different direction, whereas the Irish stouts remained a little bit truer to style to that traditional element. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why you get such a different flavour in um, a lot of the stouts that you get all around the world compared to sort of more traditional Guinness styles. But then also the with the Guinness style, um, they use a sour mash, which I think is very different to standard mashes, and that's why it has more of that tangy yeah. um, sort of sour elements to it. We had a uh, we we have a brewery here um, called Wincoop, which was started by a former governor of ours, and um, they have a Rocky Mountain oyster stout where they brew it with Rocky Mountain oysters, but Rocky Mountain oysters are actually bull testicles, so oh. all all of the uh, um, all of the visitors uh, and tourists who come in think they're ordering an oyster stout because obviously oysters would be. Uh, native to a landlocked state and <laughs> seeing their faces when you tell them what a Rocky Mountain oyster is is just wonderful <laughs> and I'm very grateful I'm just... to my wife who told me what they were before I ordered that bit <laughs> absolutely oh my god especially with I mean yeah I guess the salinity is still there right yeah excellent so with with your approach to brewing looking at it in terms of D&D &D, like, how do you look at a, a beer from... And I, I've never played D&D. &D, um, so, you know, are they fairly descriptive about the beers in the game? Or is it a case of they just said, he was drinking a dark ale and you are working it out, extrapolating whatever information you can? Sure. Um, so, it, it less in the game is... Uh, you, you have descriptions in certain guidebooks and stuff that uh, describe the beer itself. Um, or in versions of PDFs that have been released, or just little things like that. So you get small hints as to where you, sort of you want to go. Um, but otherwise, the, the, the way that I do it is um, the Forgotten Realms wiki has a big list of ales mm. that have been mentioned at some point somewhere um, during some time. And then for me, it's essentially a task of looking at the descriptions and looking at the history of where it's come from and thinking how would I go about doing this? So one of my favorite beers was uh, the Black Grog Ale that I made. And so if you instinctively go just by the name, you would assume, oh, Black Grog Ale, you've got a black beer, you probably want to go, you know, Stout Porter kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I dug into it a little bit, and the description was effectively, it was a cheap watered-down ale, it was favored by pirates and criminal elements, um, and, it, you know, it's, it's, it's called a grog. And obviously, so a grog is a watered-down beer, and I was kind of thinking... Watered-down ale, watered-down beer in general <laughs> makes me think a table beer, yeah. right? I was like, okay, brilliant. What about the pirate element? How would I go about bringing the pirate element in? And then I sort of thought, well, you know, the Belgians, the French, they all had their sailing the seas kind of thing. So what if I brewed a Belgian table beer 
and brought in lots of random things into it. So rather than just the standard table beer with sort of like a pilsner wheat backbone, why not bring some more stuff in? Sort of pirates brought random stuff from all over the world. So let's go with some rye. Let's bring some rye in. Let's bring some oats in to get a bit of body into there. Let's get some wheat in for like a traditional type of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I look at it from that perspective. And obviously it the black in that makes absolutely no reference in the beer that I actually brewed. However, in my opinion, it's a great representation of the style. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I go about looking them. Then, you know, the dark mild that I made, the basic description is uh, it's a nutty brown ale, I think it said. Nutty brown sounds, you know, dark mild is brown and it's very nutty because dark <laughs> uh, mild, mild malt is just literally pure hazelnuts almost. That's amazing. I love that. So, Thank you. yeah. Um, and so when you say, like, uh, table beer, you're just brewing a... Because you hear the phrase, watered down, and, you know, mm -hmm. I, my father-in-law makes fun of me because I won't take a beer in a frozen glass because I say it will water down the beer. But <laughs> <laughs> you um, Americans and their ice coldness. Um, but the but you're just making, like, a very light 3.5-4% ale? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, watered down, I didn't want it to be literally watered down. I wanted it to be like a standard table beer kind of quality. I wanted it to be a very light beer, so like 3 to 3.5%, maybe even less. Because, I think you know, a standard table beer used to be served to kids. And so I was thinking, I want to keep it as low as I possibly can without affecting the taste. Because I think, for me, one of the biggest things with table beers is you'll taste them and it's great and all. But it tastes shit. It literally <laughs> tastes like water. And there is literally no point in drinking this. It tastes like, you know, you've a, a water that you've put a little bit of grain in. Yeah. And maybe it's imparted a little bit of a flavor from that. It's awful. It's crap. <laughs> and so I thought, right, well, how am I going to give it some body? Yeah. Okay, I'm mashing at the highest end I almost can without completely denaturing it. Let's go 68 degrees, something really high up. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, well, what else? Okay, well, yeah, oats. Chuck in loads of shitloads of oats in that. Because, you know, oats is going to bring up the body a bit. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, okay, well, again, rye. Rye is going to give it a bit of mouthfeel uh, and some weird flavor that you can actually taste. Yeah. You, you put a lot of Pilsner malt in, you'll barely taste it with that amount water down it is. You put some rye in, well, all of a sudden, that spiciness is going to pop up. Yeah. And then I thought, again, you know, really nice saison. Keep it hot. It's going to bring loads of lovely phenolics in. And one of the worries I had with the fact that it's a saison was that it was going to get really dry, and I really didn't want that. And I think it did get up to about 1.06, uh, 0.8 maybe even, which for a saison is pretty high, and I was yeah. really happy with that. That's awesome. I do love a good saison. Mm. So have you tried brewing any other universes, beers, um, any D uh, beyond D&D, &D, or is it you're strictly sticking to D&D &D right now? So for now, the goal is just to get through all the beers. I feel like I'm somewhere around halfway through. <laughs> um, once I finish those, that's where yeah I'm gonna want to move elsewhere. Yeah. But the beauty is that I'm and I'm glad that I sort of found this niche of brewing fancy beers in that there is almost anywhere I can go, and I'm quite happy with that. Mm -hmm. The issue I've got right now is where to go with it. So I've got ideas of, you know, um, Lord of the Rings would be a really cool one. Um, you know, see what kind of beers that they had in the Green Dragon, what kind of ales I can brew from there. Mm -hmm. Witcher series, obviously, would be a cool one. Yeah. Um, somewhat done, but again, I, I could do something there. One that I'm quite excited about also is potentially something like a Cosmere series beer from Brandon Sanderson. Oh. Um, especially with his recent uh, record-breaking Kickstarter that he's made. 
Oh god, didn't he write four books in lockdown and is just being like, yeah, I'm not going to give them publisher or publisher. Give me money and I'll give them to you. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. And do you know what? It's absolutely incredible. Especially because he said that he gained the time by saying, oh, this is the time that I would have spent traveling to conventions. Yeah. I mean, that's just the opposite of uh, George R. R. Martin. <laughs> well, and, you know, the, there are people out there who just like to write, and I don't yeah. understand it. Because like whenever I've had to, you know, I've tried writing, or even when I've got to write a report for work, I hate it. Yeah. And like to have someone like him just be like, and here's four, five hundred plus pages books, enjoy. Like that's insane. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I I don't know how he does it, but I give full credit and props to him because that's just absolutely incredible. That and is. especially, it's not the same book either. Like, he's got loads of four different books of four different series floating about, all in his head, and somehow he's... Whoever is managing his work, I'd love to be a fly on that wall and find out what uh, <laughs> management tool he uses, because that's just fantastic. That's incredible. Um, I've got to say, as someone who has done uh, a podcast where we brewed a beer for each episode inspired by pop culture, movies, books, whatever... You're doing the Lord's work. It is such a lift to not only come up with that topic, delve deep into the topic, and then do your research and brew something that fits that topic. It's my my hat goes off to you. No, thank you very much. Uh, and I will say also, I am fully taking any suggestions that people have of uh, beers, fancy series, whatever that they want me to brew, because it is an absolute pain in the ass trying to look ahead enough uh, to have a clear view of what to do. Yeah. Especially in regards to meeting, what's the word, uh, excitement, because you know you 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 somewhat want to follow the hype. Yeah. Um, you know you wouldn't want to right now brew a beer for I don't know what came out in the seventies, Terminator or something like that. Um, you'd be slightly behind on that respect, and so yeah, <laughs> you, you you hurt me because that was one of our more recent episodes. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> we did a we we did a um oh god what was it an Austrian inspired barley wine with target hops, um because it was gonna put you on your ass, but he's always searching for a target, and That's that was quite a terminative. <laughs> I mean, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the, the the challenge we always found was, you know, let, let's say Mandalorian came out, or, or we did one with our friend Gam Dude for Loki, which is probably our most recent episode. But even by the time we were able to get round to it, Loki had been out. Everyone had seen yep. it. Everyone had yep. moved on to the book of Boba Fett or whatever it was. So it was like with the beer brewing time, you're always behind. So yep. the fact that you found a series that is ongoing and people are passionate about i just think is such a great approach yeah well i mean what literally biggest reason for it is you know i love D, &D um and i love playing it and you know we've got a great group of people that we play it with um and it's just how long this game has survived yeah. it's absolutely ridiculous you know it survived the satanic panic of the 90s and still came out unscathed you know mothers and grandmothers clutching their pearls at the fact that their children are playing with dungeon masters oh, in a no. basement with hoods over using their imagination 
Yeah. Although I will say we we uh, yeah we did actually for one game decide to all buy cloaks and sit in a <laughs> candle lit room mainly for the uh, for for the fun of it just to sort of take the piss out of that uh, what's the word trope. Yeah. But it did actually make it quite fun annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and now they wear cloaks every game. <laughs> no, special special occasions only. <laughs> Being in the homebrew pub, the only pub in existence where every beer on tap is brewed by a homebrewer, I have to ask, what beer are you going to be adding to our ever-growing tap list? So I've talked about this already, and it, it is going to be the Black Girl Gale, just oh. because, and I've even titled that video, Is This the Best Beer in the World? <laughs> Clickbait as fuck, but I don't care, because that is exactly what it is. In my opinion, <laughs> that was the best beer I've ever brewed, and it is literally the best beer in the world. The fact that I can have more than one of them and not be on my ass, not calling out any of those 8% NE IPAs that people make a lot of now, <laughs> but it's it's just nice because you can have a sessionable beer you can drink a few of them and go well, this is really nice i'm gonna have some more and i'm not gonna need a stretcher to get me back home yeah and it is it is that it's you know 62 percent pilsner high amount of 14 percent rye you got some 12 percent malted oats in there 12 percent wheat malt nice massive amounts of basically everything and that rye was just fantastic um, Pilsner was nice and soft enough that it let it sort of lie down mm. and that the rye just came in with that. People describe it as spicy and I find that very interesting because for me, when I smell proper traditional Russian rye bread or Baltic rye bread, I, I don't consider it spicy. It's just sort of earthy and rye. See, it's I such get... a wonderful flavour. Yeah, because I get more like a sweet rich richness to it. I don't, I'm with you, yeah. I don't get the spice. But like yeah. even when I drink a rye whiskey, it tastes sweeter than a regular whiskey. Yeah, absolutely. And I think maybe what people mean when they say spicy is they're thinking caraway seeds, which mm. isn't really part of rye. But that's the thing, and it, it's you know it smells incredible because again, since you're using some French saison yeast in that, you get all of those nice sort of black pepper notes. Mm -hmm. You get some nice funk going on, and that works with the rye just incredibly. Um, and that's the only thing on the forefront. I think I used literally only 16 IBUs and 8 IBUs of Styrian Goldings just for bittering, really. Yeah. Um, nothing late in the boil at all, just because I wanted the rye and this yeast to stand forefront. And it was just, it's fantastic. Anybody, you know, wants to brew something light, highly recommend it. No, I love that. And I think there is such a movement to, I know personally, I've really swung heavy into light beers. Um, especially after having that Terminator barley wine on tap for like three months, <laughs> <laughs> I had it on tap along with uh, like a, an 11% stout for some yep, reason yep, in yep. the summer. Um, but no, that sounds just absolutely delightful. Are you doing? Are you doing that on nitro? Are you doing a low carb? I mean, how how how's the carbonation on that? No, so I, I probably carbonate it to about maybe three three volumes, something like that. Um, I mean, I say three volumes as if I know exactly what the fuck that means. <laughs> I'm just nodding. It, yeah, I mm. said it's about 14, 15 PSI. It was a 14 litre batch, so there was a lot of head um, in there. Um, I have seen that I think having more headspace does carbonate it quicker, because I've definitely noticed um, I, I had a beer that was a normal batch in a keg with a half batch in a keg, 
and the half batch carbonated probably in about three four days at 12 psi yeah whereas the full one took a full-on week mm -hmm. but whatever it was yeah 14 15 psi gave it about a week or so really nicely carbonated proper nice head big bubbles so really nice and fizzy mm. it was beautiful that just oh if it if it wasn't just eleven thirty in the morning here now, I would so be wanting one of those. Well, the beauty is it's three percent, so you might as well. Oh, okay, that's pretty much a cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Uh, well, I am really excited to put the best beer in the world in parentheses clickbaity as fuck that's going to be the name on on <laughs> on the on the website now um to the tap list and uh nikita has very kindly provided the recipe uh which we'll be putting in the show notes so as always please brew and drink along with us because i can tell you now i am going to be brewing that beer fantastic and i can't wait for that well now we got to change change tag because i think having like the best beer you've ever brewed as equally as important is the worst beer you've ever brewed. Like, what was the beer that you were like, never again? Oh, so I've got two, and there's two in my head that I'm sort of thinking of. And that for, for different reasons. One of them is I got overly, um, what's the word, bashful and I thought I was the best brewer ever in the world. Well, after and that the was last after, one. I think... Oh, no, I think that was after the second <laughs> all-green beer I ever did. Um, and the first two came out fantastic, So, and I, I was just like, oh, I'll make a Vienna lager. This is going to be brilliant. This is before I started recording videos. And, I, you know, I got cocky. I was like, yeah, lager yeast, no problem. I've used W3470. What's a different lager yeast going to be? I'm sure it'll be fine. No fermentation chamber, no way of controlling the temperature. No pressure fermentation. It was a really hot summer. <laughs> that was just not a good mix. No. And then I also thought, oh, well, I'll experiment a little bit. And so I chucked in lots and lots of SARS at Hopstand. Yeah. SARS is great in low amounts <laughs> at 15 minutes. But when you chuck it in at Hopstand, it smells weird. Yeah. That's all it is. It's just weird. And so I had this awful phenolic. I, I almost, I wish actually now that it just gone off or something because no, it was just really bad. It, it was awful. <laughs> but then the other, and that was just more me getting boastful. Yeah. But then the other worst beer that I've ever made, and I am so sorry to anybody that likes smoked beers, but also I'm not because you can fuck off. <laughs> smoked beers, Ralph beers, I'm sorry, is disgusting. Here, here, totally agree. I brewed it thinking, okay, well, again, per D&D style, it's a smoked beer. I was thinking, go on then, we'll do this. Actually, well, with a caveat, Pivo Grzyski is a fantastic smoked beer. Okay. All other smoked beers can fuck off. But, <laughs> it, it, you know, it was. It, I thought, okay, well, yeah, we'll give it a go. And, you know, I was brewing it and I was mashing and I was thinking, I mean, it smells okay, I guess. You know, a bit like a campfire kind of thing. Well, can't be that bad. Got it carbonated, etc. All came out nice, looked beautiful looked absolutely incredible i took a sip revolting <laughs> i'm sorry but revolting it tasted like barbecue honey glazed pork Ooh, i in mean the beer see part of it i've had bacon beer and it's like in theory that sounds amazing i love beer i love bacon not together yeah 
that's honestly that was the thing and because it's beechwood you know i think it was beechwood smoked malt and yeah beechwood is traditionally like a really sweet smoke mm-hmm. it, it didn't work <laughs> and it was horrible and i i think i only used something like maybe 60 percent of it in the grain bill and i'd seen people being like oh yeah i'm like a nice 100 percent in that <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with give you? me my roush bee you know what i'm saying Honestly, what the hell is wrong with these people? <laughs> like, if, if you enjoy that, that's fine. But there's, you know, you might want to get checked out for something. Yeah. Because that's just, honestly, it tasted like I, I don't want to drink honey glazed barbecue pork. Yeah. That. That's exactly how it felt. It was <laughs> not very good. I'm gonna have to put this recipe on the website, but I because I've mentioned it a couple of times. But my smoked vanilla porter, I know exactly what you mean. Like I, I was making this vanilla porter. I'd made it in the past. It was beautiful, and the book I was reading was like, "Hey, a little bit of smoked marble really, uh, really enhanced it." I was like, "Yeah, I like smoked," because I had just gotten into lapsang souchong, which for people who don't know is a smoked mm-hmm. tea. But it was this certain brand of tea that the smoke was so lovely. Like, it was like drinking the smell of brewing beer. That's why I loved it. Yeah. And then when I ran out of it and the place I was getting it from shut down, I was like, oh, I'll just get, you know, Twining's Lapsang Sushong or whatever. And it was exactly what you're talking about. It was that really heavy, dense, pork, glazy, smoked. It was awful. Like, and it stunk out my office when I drank it. And that was what this vanilla porter was, with a hint of vanilla. And mm-hmm. it was just disgusting. <laughs> Honestly, it really is. Um, and, you know, I, I do think, though, you, like, you can make a smoked beer nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the the, the Piwa Grzyski I made, which, again, if anybody's not heard of it, is a Polish beer. It went extinct. And it only got brought back in 2011 by homebrewers, actually. Hmm. And it was homebrewers that brought up demand for it again. And that caused an actual commercial brewery to open it out. Apparently, it's doing absolutely fantastically well. Nice. It's brilliant. Um, and that's like a really nice story for homebrewing bringing back um, yeah. extinct recipes, which I think is really sweet. Yeah. But no. it, yeah, it tastes fantastic. Um, it's got a really nice oaky smoke, so it's not overwhelming. It's a light beer as well. I think it's something like 32 3.3%. Oh, nice. And it's basically 100% oak-smoked wheat malt. That's mm. all it is. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. So, and also, if you've never seen wheat go clear, that is something to see. <laughs> True to style, is it supposed to be very clear? Mm-hmm. And I initially, I think I even, as the description, uh, as the introduction to the video, I even said I'm really well wary of this because wheat traditionally is just, it, it, wheat doesn't clear. Yeah. Or at least I thought wheat doesn't clear. No, it does apparently. It huh. really, really does. And it looks beautiful because it looks a little bit white rimmed almost, it, yeah. with the inside being completely clear. Gorgeous. Gorgeous beer, really mellow smoke. And it lets, it, if you use like a nice floral yeast with it, it gives it nice fruity floral characters that you can smell, and it's underpinned very lightly by this layer of uh, oak smoke. And it's not heavy, so you kind of go, oh, I think there's been a campfire in this area maybe about two hours ago. <laughs> not, I'm actually, you know, my nose is in the middle of the campfire, I think we should take that. <laughs> We're literally getting soot from the campfire and putting uh-huh. it into the pit. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if you did something like... Have you seen those cocktail smokers? Yes, I have one, actually. I wonder if you could do 
a porter and smoke it with that with like a nice cherry wood or something I wonder what that would be like that's an idea um, I do have my oatmeal stout mm -hmm. due to come out so I do wonder when I make that maybe I'll um, make an attempt with because I think um, I was given as a present some sort of uh, a smokehouse smoker thing with some apple wood Ooh. quite nice and oatmeal stout to be fair, I've never tried an oatmeal stout, so I'm just talking about my arse here. <laughs> very lovely, very very silky. Excellent. Well, we are, as I said, we are sitting in the homebrew pub, and it will magically turn into the perfect brew pub for you. What would be your ideal pub, and what would it be called? Ideal pub for me, it heavy Nordic style. So, you've got lots of rugs lots of sort of wooden aesthetic and wooden furniture around, very long wooden tables, wide wooden tables at that. I'd go for like a nice big roaring fire. Either a major big one in the middle, as like an open fire type thing in a fire pit, or maybe just a bunch of random ones or separate all around. Maybe some like, um, what's the word? Mock fire sconces type <laughs> things on the uh, walls go for like full Skyrim aesthetic kind of thing yeah large tables have like board games available for people to play maybe little you know areas for D&D &D or whatever they wanted to play that work out quite well for a themed thing actually yeah um for a name though god I have no idea names are the one thing that I absolutely suck at which is why I'm really glad that I just get to use the D&D &D names from the beers <laughs> that they give you then I don't have to go through the difficulty of oh shit uh, <laughs> I'm really bad um, at names too well in, in case any of uh, the D&D &D players that play in my games are listening hopefully they're not but most of the names uh, for people and NPCs that they ask oh what's this NPC called I literally look around and just make up something I think one of their most hated NPCs is literally named after a my girlfriend's bottle of um, eye makeup or something that I found and went, uh, Labiette makeup. Yes, Labiette. That's his name. What was uh, Wayland Smith? Wayland Labiette. There you go. Yeah, that's his name. Just because I can't, I can't make things up like that on the spot. See, your your pub is reminding me of Rohan in Lord of the Rings. Yes, actually, that is exactly the aesthetic I'd want. Yeah, that's pretty much spot on to a T. Is just the Great Hall of Rohan is exactly how I'd like a pub to be. So I think... similarly with like a little dwarf getting drunk on his own. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what you need. <laughs> so I believe we should call it the Great Hall of Rohan. Fantastic! That's a great name. Do you know what? Yeah, I'm adding that. <laughs> Beautiful. And what? So with your best beer in the world. Um, in parentheses, fucking clickbait. Are you serving <laughs> that? Are you going to be serving that at the same carbonation? Are you going to go to a beer engine for it? Oh, that's a. That's I mean, a you can idea. have both if you want. I mean, this is this is your pub. I mean, realistically speaking, um, if you've got a pub, you're going to be drinking it quickly. It's going to have to be cask, isn't it? Yeah. There's no way you're going to have the time to carbonate it to that high carbonation when you've got lots of mouths to lots of viking D&D &D players yeah yeah exactly um, so I think yeah it, it would have to be cask served <laughs> 
Well, everyone, please come and join us at the Great Hall of Rohan for the greatest beer in the world. Because it just sounds absolutely delicious and an amazing aesthetic. Absolutely. If you can, check out the video. Because I am absolutely proud of that beer. Um, so, speaking of the videos, your socials, where can people find you? Yes, good point. Uh, so, I think I am at NikitaVrontsov.yt on Instagram. I think I'm at Vrontsov underscore yt on uh yes at france underscore yt on twitter and then facebook is just nikita Vrontsov and same thing for youtube so it's some combination of Vrontsov and yt most likely <laughs> and we'll be putting links to your socials and videos in in the show notes as well so everyone please go and check those out the recipe will be there as well um but yeah, no, thank you. This was an absolute pleasure. No, thank you very much for inviting me. This has been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed it. Absolutely. So again, everyone, come down to the Great Hall of Rohan. Let's let's all just drink pints together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the world would be a much happier place if that was the case. You know, beer solves everything. Yeah. Hopefully. So. <laughs> <laughs> Huge, huge thank you to Nikita for coming on and sharing his recipe for the best beer in the world. In parentheses, is clickbaity as fuck. Please go to the show notes, check out the recipe, go check out his socials and his YouTube channel. His YouTube channel is absolutely amazing. Um, and if you've got any ideas for him, please reach out and give him some ideas for uh, other universes to explore. And of course, thank you so much for listening. If you could leave us a five-star review wherever it is you get your podcast that'll just help other people find the show if you want to reach out to us possibly come on and share a pint with me you can reach us at our website thehomebrewpub.com or email landlord at thehomebrewpub.com or on social at thehomebrewpub on instagram and twitter and if like me you hate those annoying ads well we've got to keep the lights on here at the homebrew pub somehow so consider joining our patreon and becoming a mug club member for three dollars a month you'll get access to ad-free versions of the episodes but until then grab your favorite pint put your feet up relax don't worry and have a homebrew till next time cheers